0: into the unknown and taking courageous action, as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Suraj is the co-founder and chief sales officer at Performatics, based in Singapore. His proactive and engaging nature makes him stand out among many other technology experts. In the interview, Suraj shared his creative side, as he also has a popular YouTube channel where he makes web series and short films in the Malayalam language. We also spoke about his transition from technology to sales and how creativity is very important even for sales and leadership. Hi, Suraj, welcome to the Choosing Leadership Podcast. Thank you, Sumit. Nice to meet you. Wonderful. It's nice to meet you and to have you here with us today. And to begin with, can you share a little bit about who you are and what do you do?
1: Yeah, my name is Suraj. Uh, Suraj Jairaman is my full name. And I professionally, I am running a software house called Performatic Solutions. So we are a product engineering company helping our clients to build digital products uh, in the innovation space mostly. And personally, I'm a husband of a beautiful wife, uh, father of a beautiful daughter. We have settled in Singapore. I'm hailing from Kerala, the southern part of India, and where I've spent most of my uh, um, life I know, getting a degree in physics, then also getting a master's in computer application, then worked in a couple of organizations out of India, then moved to Singapore, and uh, here for the past 15 years. Yeah, that's a summary if you ask me.
0: Yeah, Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Can you share a little bit of your backstory, right? India, physics, computers, now being an entrepreneur. Yeah. sure. Yeah.
1: So obviously, like, you know, you are born in a middle-class family. So you have probably very limited choices to take in spite of what you're going to study. So it's always science for me because my dad is a tax practitioner. So he's into accounting. So I have seen him having this stressful period whenever a financial year ends closes. So the first advice he gave me was like mm, not get into this profession about anything else. But always my mom actually is part of ISRO. She was working for ISRO. So we have one of the biggest offices in VSSC, Vikram uh, Sarabhai Space Centre. So she also comes from a very normal background. I probably she's the first person in the family who got into a government job, a stable job. So her advice is always uh, you. Try to find something that is uh, not very risky. Get a government job, if not, get into something. Yeah. So that's the advice you get from the family. Obviously, my journey, I'm a bit exceptional in the even in the school education because we have something called state syllabus uh, and the uh, central syllabus CBSC, right? So typically, CBSC is considered tougher than state syllabus, and the school I was studying in. Uh, had uh, classes till seventh standard uh, which is in state syllabus and then I wanted to continue in the same school there, but I only had the choice to move to CBSE so I'm someone I think who probably studied seven whole years uh, an EC syllabus then moving into a uh, CBSE uh, but then that also probably might be my first challenge where I don't want to uh, people to see that you know someone coming from jail and I'm not able to pick up but then you take that as a challenge and so I still remember, like we used to have very thin textbooks for Hindi. But when I moved to CBSE, then it becomes like a big uh, dictionary kind of thing. Yeah, when you have Surdas, you first year I was kind of lost, but then I managed to pick up, and I'm proud about that. Then came out, we had still something which uh, something called pre-uni- pre-university or pre-degree, which doesn't exist anymore. If you ask me, that is the best education in college you can get. You are actually out of your teen and you get exposed to this big campus, different life altogether. So I'm fortunate that I was part of the last but one batch. I think we had one more batch after I did. And so we I studied in a college called Vanius College which is one of, the, one of the best colleges in town, Trivandrum, you can get into. But again, there is all type of people coming to the college, Hi-Fi students to normal, maybe uh, less part is the normal students and more of a Hi-Fi students. Then again, that's a challenge to keep up with how we want to make, manage the expectations of people and teachers. Uh, speaking, why I chose physics is because pre-degree uh, obviously, I think physics I had scored well. Even though my focus on the studies was very low, um, <laughs> but I wanted to st- study in the ca- continuing the same campus because I, I loved that campus like anything. So, so the best choice for me to take was physics. Uh, once you get into physics, again, any Indian person who comes from that background who wants to survive. You know, so you get on the studies. But then from the beginning itself, my interest on was something related to technology, computer. So. Uh, on the sideline, I used to study computer science, some programming, some gaming, all those stuff. Also, I managed to get a certification from Carnegie Mellon University when I was doing physics as my main street. Then once you finish that graduation, I first thought probably I'll go and do some job and make some money. Uh, but then some of my friends uh, told me that why don't we go for master's? So I had no plan to take master's, but then I just went with the flow. And took a computer application. So I did that in Coimbatore, Tamil Nadu, um, under Bharatiya University. So again, that's a very different experience. You stay in the hostel, you're out of your home, a different crowd, not your town people, you have people across uh, India coming there. And yeah, that's my basic education, if you ask me. Yeah, uh, so after MCA, um, I got into a... A software firm, where one of my schoolmates, a close friend was working, so he introduced me to the company and I started as a normal dotnet programmer there, but it didn't last for i think it lasts for like four months because they uh, they were not paying salary, and I had a bike to make them. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought, you know that's not working for me. Then I then applied for a call center job which was the high-fighting. Then I thought, you know, I can make some money there and move to Chennai, working for Sutherland Global Services, uh, supporting HP desktop, solving the problems and all. Again, I spent six months probably there. And because uh, all my teammates were people who either are trying to complete their degree or who don't, who are not interested in technology at all, they just want to make some givebacks. So my manager used to tell me like where did you complete your masters and you stuck in the cox under yeah so this keeps on running in my mind. Then uh, one uh, new year I remember I decided my C now I'm going to go back to again uh, again I waited for one and a half months maybe that's the uh, most Confucius time I had because I was thinking that I left this job you know, which was paying well and I came here I'm not able to get into another job but. Again, from there, I managed to get into another software company. Uh, from there, and Computer Center for Development of Advanced Computing. I clear one exam there and got in as a junior research fellow. So that's when one of my friend who was working in Sutherland, she uh, told me there is an opportunity. You come to Singapore and there are people who are recruiting engineers in Singapore. Right. So I was not interested because I was having a Bindas life in Trivandrum all my friends and family, then one of my mates, she was actually interested to come to Singapore because her goal was to go to US, um, you know, from day one. So she said, okay, why don't we go to Singapore then to US? So I tagged along, I thought, okay, why not we try again, go get some exposure and come to Singapore. The sad or now it's the fun story part is like once we land in Singapore, then we, came uh, to know that the guy who is bringing us is actually doesn't have any job to offer but he's just an agent bringing people in and then we go and apply for job and find jobs right so again in a week's time I managed to get a job here in an SME which is in the printing publishing I got clear the interview then I started as a software engineer uh, in that company then I become an IT manager then I become a GM of that company. So that was an eight year, the longest career I would say I had with that company. It's, since it's an SME, there was room to grow. So you take that opportunity. <clears throat> Maybe that's the first leadership uh, stepping stone. I got into managing a team in Singapore, as well as Philippines, a sales team, a technology teams. But I was still part of that, uh, taking care of the tech mostly. So we digitally transformed the whole process of that company, which say there is a printing publishing process which run for one and a half months then probably I took it as a challenge to automate that to become like three days job yeah so Mm -hmm. the aim there was people are working unnecessarily for something which can be done more faster yeah so then let the people do the best thing or at least use their time in the best way and they don't waste time here so that's the motive behind doing that after that um, performatics comes in uh, because uh, one of the founders harish is my pre-degree classmate and he actually invited me to join performatics to say that why don't we try uh, taking because they haven't explored singapore much they are like mostly uh, u.s companies so then i thought oh, okay fine okay i'm not a very sales kind of person uh, but then i'm excited and passionate to solve technology problems right so i'll Let's try for six months. If it works out, then I'll stay. If not, you know, I have to, Singapore is an expensive place to live. So if I can make money, I stay. If not, I go out. But it's been seven years now. So um, Performatics leading. Previously, I was just taking care of APAC. Now taking care of the uh, global sales for Performatics. We have two more partners. So all of us, again, are kind of friends, business partners, profiles. And uh, yeah, that's where I am. So I was telling this whole story because you can see even for performatics, uh, there is some connection from yeah, pretty which I did. Yeah, because then from there, when I came to Singapore, there is a connection to uh, mm-hmm. me going to Chennai for just six months. Yeah, so that's where I took that time to put that texture. So you get yeah. know. you can see that it was like a movie going <laughs> around. Yeah,
0: yeah. What I found very fascinating is like you started with a middle-class family, with that uh, having a, like a mother in a very stable job. But then when you shared your experiences from a very young age, either by choice or by accident, you have been put into situations where you are you suddenly have to find your own way. Multiple times, not just one time, but okay. multiple times. And how has that shaped your personality? How has that shaped your ability to take risk, to be an entrepreneur? Right, Because entrepreneurship is very different from yeah. physics or computers or anything stable. Can yeah. you share? Is there a connection there? Has that shaped you personally?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking that, Sumit. Maybe... Uh, probably I would say like my life is an example where I didn't have a mentor at any stage of my life or who can give the best advice than I could have given to me to say that you take this choice, you're done. Uh, or you take this choice that is the best for you. Yeah, So uh, I think as you rightly said, the situations where I'm put in. So they, I always had these two choices of whether you want to uh, get over this situation or you experience that situation then you at least understand that what you were put into yeah and from there you learn something and you take that experience out and as, as we mentioned like even my youtube channel or anything so there are difficult situation in my life so if, if you say that this whole story which i put across very nicely so these were all difficult points which uh, i was sharing in a very uh, casual jovial way right so that's how you should see that life as it is. And when an opportunity comes to you, if you are hesitant to uh, even attempt that, you never know that's what you are missing. Yeah, It can be a good thing or a bad thing, but at least you know that this is what was, that came across you and uh, you have faced it. And uh, you see, like if I didn't take that call of switching my nine to five, decently paying job, I could have easily gone into another bigger company with a bigger package, I actually chose to um, go down this entrepreneur route to say that, okay, I'm taking a risk. But then if I'm not taking this, the whole life I'll be thinking that I would have done better. Or if I, especially when I know this, one of the partners is my friend, I would obviously communicate with him and I will know that he's doing well or not. So that ownership of decisions in your life whether it's good or bad, if you don't tag that to anybody else, then you take responsibility for your life. Right? Right. And if you are successful, then you're the best person to feel proud about yourself. You know? So that's the take. So even when I was moving to this entrepreneur journey, when I talked, I still remember I was in a food court here and I was calling my folks and told my mom, especially that this is something I'm going to get into. And she was completely um, against it. you're saying, why are you doing now? have spent 8 years building a career and why do you want to? And also I was getting into sales, not even getting into a technology leader kind of thing. yeah. So I said, I, I want to try this and you get that gut feel inside. You get that uh, spirit that you know go and uh, do for it. It's like you do a high jump in your school, you know that this thing is there, which is taller than you. But if you think that this is going to be taller than you, then You'll never, you're not even going to attempt, right? So you attempt, you fail, it's fine. So at least you attempted versus people who are watching there makes a big difference. And I would also say that this step I took getting into uh, managing a business or running a business have inspired at least I can count three to four people in my close network to get out of their nine-to-five job and successfully yeah. becoming entrepreneurs. entrepreneur. Yeah? So that's something that yeah.
0: everybody has to think. Absolutely, Suraj, I think it's uh, these choices that we make right, as entrepreneurs, but also just as human beings, which uh, first of all, take our confidence to the next level, but then also serves as inspiration for others. And which brings me to the second thing, right? You mentioned sales, right? So technology and sales, I think a lot of technologies or geeks are pretty much uh, against sales, right? They don't even like sales, leave alone doing sales, right? So can you share why did you choose that and how has that transition been?
1: Okay, this is nice diversion you're taking, LQ. If you remember, I told you I was part of this call center job for six months. Why I decided to quit that job is mainly because I was pushed to sell something. We solved sort of a tech problem uh, for a customer and they asked me to sell an antivirus software, which the customer doesn't want. So we know that the problem is not because he doesn't have an antivirus software, but then they, yeah. we have limited products which you can sell. So that's one reason which pulled me away from continuing that uh, career and came out. And it's surprising that I am leading sales for a proper tech company. Yeah? So, so what I realized, especially when doing performatics, is I was always solving technology problems for any company I was working with. Right? So you will find the latest solutions, or you will sit and create solutions for a problem which uh, people think cannot be solved, or people think it doesn't have to be solved. So when we run performatics, what I realized was I was actually not selling any products which people don't want, or not putting people to or putting them under pressure to sign up for something. Which but instead we were really solving their uh, tech problems. So someone comes and sit with me, the experience I have as a technology person when I sit and speak to a prospect or a client, he explains to me in his business language. Okay, this is the problem I have. Then I am able to actually start solutioning in my mind, and fortunately, this solution is what is bringing revenue to us. Yeah, so that's what I enjoy. You know, I always enjoyed solving problems instead of just doing it for one company or one organization. I am now doing it for different organizations. That's how I see. I mean, yeah. obviously, since it brings revenue, it becomes sales. But if you ask me, I am a problem solver from day one, and. Uh, yeah, and happy that, you know, it is bringing money to the company.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I love that you shared that example from your call center days, right? Because uh, a lot of people have a negative mentality or view of sales. And that is because nobody likes to be sold, especially something which we do not want. Yes. And and I work with a lot of leaders, even sales yes. leaders. And if you see it the way that you are describing it, then it becomes service, right? That doesn't become yes. something manipulative. It's actually service because you are helping somebody solve their problem. And if it's, it becomes a business transaction, it works for both of you. Then what is the harm in that? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for adding that. Uh, and in this somewhere you mentioned YouTube channel, right? Let's bring that out. There is another part of who uh, yeah. can you share a bit about that?
1: Yes, yeah, sure. We uh, our YouTube channel is called the are Sambu, Sambu, which stands for awesome. So the motto is like, we are awesome. It's not only us but everybody in this world is awesome. That's the kind of message you want to put across very slapstick comedy stuff. Sitcom series is what we specialize in, uh, which you can happily watch with your whole family, which means from your kids to your spouses, to even your parents, to grandparents. So that's the kind of stuff which we were very particular in producing such stuff because such stuffs are becoming rarer and rarer in the uh, digital space. We, how this started was... Um, I I used to write blogs a lot. So, when blogs were popular long back when I was in Toronto, so we same thing. I take this experience uh, of my life and put that in a very comical way, yeah? where people can read and enjoy and have a laugh. And at least five minutes or ten minutes, they read this blog, they're actually uh, forgetting anything, everything else, mm-hmm. and just having a good time. Yeah. So when you are happy, when you smile, you are having. One of your best time in that day. So this yes. writing has again, slowly um, this digital media has changed. Visual media has took over the blog space. Where people started producing videos and we started with this dub smash, if you know, like it's the yeah. predecessor around TikTok. Yeah? So we started doing some funny stuff for me and my wife, especially my wife. After we got married, then she's also very sport. Then we said, okay, let's do something funny. Then, it actually, uh, we were doing that for fun. Then we started a YouTube channel. We thought to create something more lengthier, more uh, professional. So the thing I have done in that video production is self-taught. YouTube is my guru till now. So I go and uh, view stuff, you know, how to uh, edit a video and how to shoot a video, like what lenses to use. Then we used to experiment stuff. So that was the fun process part. Then we started that, and one of the videos... Which we made uh, as a hangover of a movie called Premam. I don't know whether you have but Premam is like a super duper popular Malayalam movie, which was like a, which was like a theme that it's like six seven years seven years back. So we did like a hangover video for that, and it blew up. It kind of became viral. It's not. Nowadays, everything is viral, but then that time viral is something and it blew out of proportion. So we suddenly got into this limelight. People started forwarding that in different groups People started appreciating that. Then again, it became a kick to make more videos because all my life, even when I remember when even I was in third standard and fourth standard, I used to view. I mean, there is comedy shows in the television. I used to write Mm different script in my book. I come back to my class, and I had a teammate, uh, his name is Prashant, I don't know where he is now. So he and my myself, like Laurel and Hardy, like we used to, whenever there is a class break or when teacher is missing, there is, we get a free period, right? So then we go and do this skits in front of the thing. And it actually, too, I too, I mean, got broken in between when I got into college because the college it was like, you have all the superstars there, so you mm-hmm. don't even get an entry. But then again, in degree, I picked up, I know I used to dance, I used to sing, I also made this gift. So that's kind of evolved into what we are doing now. We also found a group of passionate friends who had a similar background. Everybody wanted to be an actor, but for whatever reason, you know, they got into this career or profession. And so we made that group together and we started making a lot of sitcom videos and Actually, speaking uh, in Malayalam language, I think ours is one of the pioneers. I think you have a lot of web series now. So, but I think at that time, there was one which came in our college days. After that, I think we were the one who started this. Web series. Mm-hmm. We did yes. some pro stuff, you know. Oh so yeah, that's how uh, YouTube and we are still doing. We are but limiting to that. Attention span has changed for people. So, we are limiting to that one minute real kind of content. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one of the exciting thing to do in my life also like even for as a family activity yeah uh, both me and my wife play the main roles most of the videos, so we also take it as a family time
0: yeah but this is also very creative very artistic right and uh, this has been a part of you as you said from a very young age at the same time physics or engineering or technology can be very structured and even business many people see business as very serious like not something where you have fun so i'm quite curious of what role does this creativity and playfulness play in your journey as a leader and especially in sales, because can you assume that allows you to be more flexible, more spontaneous, and like uh, maybe do some storytelling, even at work, which comes from that creativity. Can you share a bit, of, bit on that?
1: Yes, obviously like that in the communication conversations, this skill uh, really gives an advantage over anything else, if you ask me, and also at the current stage, There are people who knows me. Sometimes we get into a sales meeting. Suddenly the other person will say, I've seen you in one of your videos. It becomes an icebreaker. You suddenly build that rapport. So I always felt that there is an advantage. And even people in Singapore, I mean, obviously they don't watch our content. But then I kind of see that if there is an opportunity or if it makes sense to introduce, uh, you know, my other part of creative person. Which suddenly creates curiosity on the other person. Oh, you are actually running a tech business and you are also doing this. How does this? So in the business aspect, it helps in conversations. A beautiful conversations sometimes. And suddenly you hit it with another person who says, I always wanted to be an stuff. And some people even get, I mean, take the uh, channel's details and they subscribe. They started putting comments, they started sharing stories. So in that way, it helps. And uh, we are doing that lighter part of the life, right? So we are bringing all these videos to... So our, our motto is celebrate life and laughter. So that's what the message we want to give to the uh, audience as well as any close one we have. So with the team, actually also sometimes I I actually recently have this some positions open. I start interviewing most of these people who comes, especially from Kerala, they they know me actually. So they come and say that I'll support you and it becomes very easy. Uh, to have that conversation. Then it actually, if you ask me, uh, I get an advantage of probably if there is a step one, step two, step three process of getting into the real conversation with the person, kind of get an advantage of directly getting into step three, because step one, step two, your introduction, who you are is done. And I use that also as, and also I made sure uh, the people who are watching, even my, if my team, members or anybody in the performatics family or any of our clients and they see that they actually get that a moment of happiness what we all want
0: Uh, yeah 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 i love that i think in uh, in the business world we can tend to compartmentalize things and say that i am not creative or i am not this Uh, but i think as human beings we are all creative as children we are all and so i want to acknowledge you for actually first of all Trusting that creativity in yourself and letting it out, but then also building up over that, right? Especially not be bothered by what others say or what others yeah. might say. And really, as you said, it obviously helps you as a leader as well because then it kind of creates trust, bonding, and you basically like bypass a few uh, awkward steps, a stranger conversation.
1: Yeah, no, the advantage, i also I can be awkward. I don't have to feel bad about being awkward. So suddenly if I'm in the awkward situation, I can just pick that up and say that, okay, oh, this can go into my... Next video, so that build uh, confidence in conversation, obviously, and creativity. I believe, I mean, every leader should be creative. If not you want because every the problems you face on a day to day basis, you need creative yeah. solutions. You can't refer to your MBA textbook or uh, yeah. so to find a solution. So you have to be yeah. creative.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's shift gears, right? Let's talk a little bit about the future now. With this journey, with this set of unique skills, right? What is it that you want to do or create in the next three to five years and then what are the challenges that you see going forward?
1: Okay, on a business perspective, uh, the COVID has dramatically changed the way we manage a company, or manage people, if you ask me. Previously, we probably have to just give professional support. Now we also are expected to give emotional support. I mean, I'm a person who always think that you give emotional support and the others automatically comes in. Uh, But... What I'm talking about is like people working started working from home, which was a temporary thing, supposed to be a temporary thing, but now it has become the mainstream, which comes with its own challenges. I am a person in my organization who has always worked remotely because I'm based out of Singapore. Most of my guys are uh, in any part of India, right? So I used to be the only person who worked remotely, but so I know that how do we manage this and how to communicate well, which has helped me when... People started working remotely, especially with the team. So I didn't have a change in my workflow. But the challenge we are facing is that uh, within the team, building that rapport, especially the new joiners who comes in, they don't have the touch of that organization. What the organization is, obviously, we have. We do as as possible. We have like all hands on meetings. We send this, and send that, and all. We also uh, have physical meetings as many as possible. But then. There are people I have seen chose to not to participate because they are in a very safe zone, comfort zone, where they are happily just waking up, doing their job and going to sleep, uh, which is a concern to me and that I see as a challenge. So we are still experimenting. We are still seeing that how we can overcome this disconnect. I think that is what probably most of the leaders in my space or even organizations are facing now how to build that better rapport with the team, especially uh, when you are you have limited access to the team members. So that's one. And in the next five years, yeah, I mean, we do see a bright future. When COVID hit us, we were very skeptical on how this is going to affect our business. Actually, it went for a dip. Then suddenly it picked up also. And it actually went abruptly well that you had a scarcity of resources in the last uh, last one year and the money was overflowing people spending a lot in tech resources you know people were getting 3x 5x their salary getting hired and fired so that war period is over fortunately so now it's uh, it has saturated and i think that mindset of the uh, employees especially mm-hmm. have changed now so they feel that they can they want more flexibility they want they can still finish their job with that flexible thing But in some cases, it becomes difficult, Uh, even clients understand, but then I'm also seeing a scenario where there is going to be a split between these two workforces, one workforce which say that I'm willing to come to office, so treat me very well, versus the other set of people who are now deciding that they don't want to come, but then probably that will get into a clash where you know, people are finding it difficult. So I would say that if it will be ideal if it gets into a hybrid stage. Uh, the whole world is accepting that. I can't also complain on the people who don't want to come to office because it comes with 2x expenses then they work at home. So everybody wants to make as much money as possible. But then that professional morale is mm-hmm. a problem. It becomes a problem because then you are not prepared for the world. Suddenly you get out of this cocoon. You are going to face a different world. Then it becomes challenging for people mentally, physically. So uh, if you ask me, our focus is not to uh, tremendously grow these or like strength, but probably more focused towards some niche technology. We wanted to, we have some of the best engineers within the company. We wanted to see, okay, where we can tap onto where. Maybe there are less people mm-hmm. focusing, which can add more value to uh, organization, how to make it, mm. et cetera. but otherwise,, um, as I said, there is a bright future for technology, so we are not really worried about what is going to happen. So people are saying that next year which is going to be recession recession, we have seen before also because it affects people who are who have probably hired um, much more than what they wanted. So yeah, you're going to get that. Technology is not going to stop, I think. Technology is only going because COVID. One good thing COVID has made is everybody, even my uh, uh, dad and mom, all are internet radio. You know? So I have FaceTime calls with them, which I know, I mean, I, I didn't have before, right? So everyone knows, those, like, they send me parts of messages. They're asking, you know, why don't we update this iOS 16? So that's the kind of community we have built. Yeah. So I think anything on top of that is it's a cakewalk. And there are, so the other change I'm expecting is, the startup space are going to get slowed down because the money flowing in has related to work. But uh, companies who are moving to tech space, I think it's going to be there. we probably will also start focusing on some new regions for resources as well as clients. So that's something which we want to explore and do. But otherwise, uh, as I said, I'm a person who just thinks, yeah. as it is like our conversation we are having, so not planning for the next five years or anything, but we just... Okay. Whatever we have done, we have to keep that and anything that's coming in, it it will automatically come. So we have Mm -hmm. done that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Because I'm working with a few companies who are also facing similar challenges with new people joining in after COVID. And then suddenly the pre-COVID people and the new people kind of are working in two different cultures. So how do you do that? Uh, What I'm also founding is that like a new kind of skills are suddenly becoming important for leaders and not just for you as founders, but also the second level of leadership. Uh, And because it has to now circulate, uh, and especially as you grow as an organization, grow beyond a certain number, then you need to have that layers. And uh, what earlier used to happen by default, because you are sitting in front of somebody, you have to be a lot more deliberate. And then maybe you have to be a more like -like, leader-like in maybe having some tough conversations as well to set the direction to, not let everything just happen by default. Thank you for because you
1: can't have that this you can't bring that charisma into a meeting room and make everyone listen to you anymore. That's the first yeah. challenge every leader, my next in line faced actually. Previously, mm-hmm. just like a joke, they say something, everyone listen to them. It doesn't happen on a Google Meet or Zoom Meet. Yeah. So you need to have that different skill yeah that's true
0: yes yeah thank you thank you for sharing that and before before we wrap up right what advice would you give to somebody like uh, somebody like an entrepreneur maybe from a technology space but who feels stuck because of the so many changes which has happened and i think maybe in your life you have that flexibility you have been pushed into change but somebody who has a very stable life and now suddenly in the last two three years they have found they are finding it difficult to deal with all of this what advice would you give to somebody like that
1: well, no, on a entrepreneur line or on a leadership line, if you have, see, you, you basically doesn't become like a, people say that a leader is someone who is best of the best of everything. Yeah? So it, it doesn't work like that because um, there is a wrong expectation that a leader is a superman. It's not, leader is not a superman. Leader is actually a normal man who has the ability to find superman in his team. That's a leader. Leader means he is able to lead, not do things or set an example to say that. So I have done this in thirty minutes, and now you do it in twenty-five minutes. It doesn't work that way. People, especially, if you want your people to listen to you, you must first listen to your people. Then you get into their vibe, you understand what they're feeling, you know their difficulties, their happiness. That's how you, I mean, if you're in a family, you do that, right? I mean, so it's the same thing which applies to an organization also. But as I said, there are difficult times which you need to face also. Um, as I have said this, I think I have cited few examples which I have gone through, right? So you have to face it. Don't run away from the problems that's coming in. You face it and suddenly, I mean, we have seen things like there is uh, some technology which we have built a product suddenly there is a new framework that comes in but some regulation comes in this whole thing doesn't work so you can just sit there and cry and say that oh no we took a wrong choice and all but then it doesn't work that way if you are going in a path and then suddenly there is a roadblock there then you try to see that because you need to reach that destination right so have to be patient you have to be open for difficulties If you ask me more difficulties than more happy things, that's what the entrepreneur faces. But then once you overcome that, you will get into a stable state where you are at peace and you have to find that space. If you want more and more and you want to face more difficulties, if you have the energy is fine, but you don't have to get worn out at some day. So step by step is what I would advise. You have to have that vision of what you want to build as your empire, as your organization. Whether your values match, I mean, you can write a nice organization value system or whatever, blah, 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 but then whether your personal value matches that organization value, because only if you're passionate about that organizational value, you can definitely get that to your team. Then only the team will take this as a their own value and work towards that goal. So this startups to organization, I think everyone who wants to reach towards a goal, you need that people's support. So you need to entertain them. You know, you need to entertain. You can't scold them and make things work. And it will work probably for a shorter period, but it's not sustaining. So you have to entertain them. You have to be part of them. And you also have to be uh, open that you can make mistakes. That's Some of these entrepreneurs or leaders are always uh, very angry or sad about it. I mean, we can make mistakes. We are normal human beings, right? We are not like people who have been uh, Labeled as leaders and put to the universe. Yeah, so we can make mistakes and you be transparent about it. So that's what I do. I can make mistakes. Sometimes I send the wrong emails and the wrong attachment to a client. If one of my teammates or one of my employees does that and if I start scolding him, you know how careless you are. But then if I do that, I should expect this guy is scolding me also. Yeah, so we should be open to that. Then selecting your team is actually something very important. So you have to have that the team, core team, or at least the best, the next line of people who is in line with your thought process. Because if not, that will be your day-to-day difficult thing you need to have. You should be able to trust at least one person next to you who would take things seriously and run the show. Once you find that person, then you make sure you know this person is happy and you can do the best for this. This will automatically translate to the next in line for this guy because yeah. he knows you know how his uh, leader treats him and he becomes a natural leader to the people and there are people whom you can't motivate you know who whatever you do uh, there are people who don't get into the group so don't spend time uh, mentoring them or do. if it doesn't work it doesn't work so we are not in a world where like my mom had like a 40 year career you know, goes from one step to the next it doesn't work that way especially if you are an entrepreneur if you have Less time to prove what your product is, what your company is. Find the best team that works for you. Do iterations. Don't feel that you spend six months on this guy and this guy is not working. Get frustrated and he's also frustrated. You no, know, it doesn't. We change it. I think that's where we have our business actually. Our business in line is basically we are telling uh, you take care of business, we take care of the technology. So If it doesn't guy doesn't work, then no worries. We change to another guy. So. That's how they should start thinking. Focus on what you are good at. You will have some uh, niche thing you are good at. Focus on that and try to find the best in line people who can do the rest of the thing. So that's
0: yeah.
1: Survival mantra, I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very practical and very deep at many levels as well. So thank you for sharing that. And we have to wrap this up now. But before we end for anybody who is listening, if they find out they want to find out more about you or reach out to you, what is the best way for them to do so?
1: Yeah, you can either uh, reach me on LinkedIn, Suraj Jairam. I think you can find me there. If not, you can send me to my email, suraj at You can send an email, happy to uh, have a good conversation, happy to just help in any technology space. Because we believe in uh, solving problem first, mm-hmm. then finding business in that. Same personally, also if, Someone is telling me that I have that uh, passion towards solving that problem. It's the experience we have. Again, then getting into like what, how we can strike together or something.
0: Yeah, so, yeah.
1: You know, Please feel free to reach to me. Uh, whether you want to have a nice conversation like this, or if you are looking for some technology, performatics can resolve. Yeah.
0: Thank you, thank you, Suraj, for everything that you shared and giving us a glimpse into your multifaceted life. I'm sure everybody who listens to this will be left inspired and touched by who you are before what you do, who you are as a person, as a leader, uh, and then everything which you do basically comes into the place, right? And I want to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead, including the challenges as well as the achievements which lie ahead. Uh, Wish you all the best and thank you once again for appearing on the show.
1: Thank you, Sumit, for uh, bringing me in and asking very exciting and interesting questions. So I'm delighted to share my experience, and I also hope this becomes an inspiration to at least people who are or hesitant to get into this path or not. So mm. yes, as I said, this face that get into that experience, it whether it's good or bad, at least you own that path you took or the step you took, right? And so own your life. Be proud about what you are. Yeah, thanks.
0: Absolutely, it was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, Can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of, To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved, and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.